customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Hello, welcome to our Lazen Powers. This is Scott Powers with Mark Lazarus. We're back. It's been, uh, yeah, I know we keep on saying we're going to be consistent and then we're not consistent, but there were, you were in Arizona and the schedule's been weird. So we will, uh, we will be back at it. And here we are today, uh, Friday after a uh, Blackhawks, another Blackhawks win last night, uh, 11 games in. And I mean, who would have guessed they'd have, what, 12 points? Break up the Blackhawks. No, literally, break up the Blackhawks. This is not going according to plan. They are ahead of the Wild. They are ahead of the Blues. They're in third place in the Central Division in both points and points percentage. It's I, I, what were the I, what, what kind of odds would you have gotten when I was in Vegas for the second game of the season if I had told them, you know, I want to predict that on uh, the start of November that the Blackhawks will be in third place. Um, I probably could have made some money that way. Can you way. gamble on something like that? Uh, you can gamble on just about anything I've learned. <laughs> if if every single television commercial and every single podcast commercial and every single pop-up ad in the history of the internet over the last year has told me anything, it's you can bet on anything yeah, and from funny. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would have not bet on that. I, I think I would have saved my money and uh, put it elsewhere. Um, yeah. Well, interest it, rates are going up, so CDs are a lot more effective now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this tip from mark lazarus um <laughs> but uh yeah no it's 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 even even last night, like there's been many games where like the, the numbers say like the analytics and the numbers all suggest different things you know like there's uh i mean soto bloom had you know in buffalo he had 41 saves and 
when you look at the underlying numbers, they're not good. Uh, like even like, you know, like the PK looks like there's it's something special. And, you know, the fact that Colorado scored a lot of bunch of goals and Edmonds didn't score a goal, bunch of goals against it. But even I like the goal differential, even with the goals they've scored, it, it's, it's still among the worst in the league. And, you know, at least, uh, you know, and, and the penalty kill and um, the five on five numbers, the expected goals percentage is uh, 42% and the actual goal percentage is slightly higher so like they're among the worst in the league and the Corsi percentage is uh 41.73 so it's not like they have the puck um the power play is better than expected like that's among the best in the league but it's it's weird because it the numbers and what we see on paper from a roster wise it doesn't add up to being a team that has as many points as it has but it seems well, like every night they yeah that they're figuring it out in some well way. i mean 11 games is still a pretty small sample oh, sure, size, yeah, for sure, and, yeah. and there's go there's going to be some regression to the mean this is not going to be a team that's above 500 this year i think we can all agree with that but what's impressive this is they played 11 games and then the last 10 of them they've either won or it's been a one goal game the islanders game there was an empty netter at the very end so that's basically a one goal game so they have been down to the wire in or leading every single game since that colorado opener which is kind of remarkable because we all kind of thought this team was going to lose like 6-1 every night and, uh, you know, I, I keep asking guys in the room every time I'm in there, I'm asking guys about the expectation. Are you, are you enjoying defying the expectations? Because I spent all of training camp talking about everyone thinks you're going to suck mm-hmm. and, you know, and getting their reaction to that. And, you know, most of them are kind of shy. Patrick Kane kind of gave me a little smirk and he's enjoying this, uh, I think, more than he expected to. And Jonathan Taves last night said we didn't really have any expectations. You know, I, I, all those expectations came from outside. We didn't know what we were going to be. And, you know, right now we're, we, we like what we are. We like our identity. We like what we're doing. And you're right. All the numbers are bad. And we all know the worst case scenario here is the Blackhawks finish like 10th in the Western Conference and wind up with like the number 11 pick overall in a year that they were designed to get a top three. Um, we all know that, you know, reasonably and rationally and intellectually, we all see this and go, no, you're doing it wrong. You know, if you were going to try to be competitive this year, you would have kept Alex Dabrinkit. You would have kept Kirby Doc. But that's not what is happening here. And, you know, you kind of need to accept it, live in the moment a little bit, enjoy it while it, for what it is. It's a long season. They're going to have a losing streak at some point. They're going to regress to the mean. They're going to be in the competition for a high draft pick. But, boy, the way they compete, it's hard to imagine them falling off a cliff and really competing with Arizona for that dead last spot. Do you – do you get the sense of fans are enjoying this though? There, it really seems like there's a there's a really conflicted feel. Like there's certainly some fans are enjoying it, and some of them are kind of like you know chuckling at it, like "Hey, this is better than I thought it was going to be." But there are some that are just absolutely panicking over you know if they're pretty decent this year, is this a waste of a season? Is this a failure of a season? They're not contending, right? We all know they're not a real contender. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. So are they wasting what, what they had? They had some grace this season. Like Kyle Davidson had a long leash this season for both fans and management that they were allowed to be terrible. Like we, we all kind of accepted that and, and everyone was going to allow it without getting really mad at anybody. But now the people that had accepted that are like, well, now what do I do? Am, am I allowed to root for this? And I don't know. Like I, we all, like I'm very anti-tank. We've talked about this, but they've tanked. Like that's the goal now. So if you tank and fail at tanking, Boy, that's really bad on a number of levels, isn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like they, this was their own. I mean, we talked about before, like part of it was like you didn't have to get Domi or Anna to see you like you, you or Dickinson or. But I also feel I feel like management was understanding of where the, they were potentially going to be. But they also like they pushed Davidson a bit to 
and not that Davidson didn't want to possibly, but I felt like he got pushed a little bit to be a competitive team. Like they wanted to see a type of team on the ice that was going to uh, be hardworking and, you know, kind of, yeah, they wanted to sell tickets. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. So like, I, like some things still have to go right. And it is it's such a small sample size, but 11 games is still 11 games. You know, like, it's not like we're Jason talking about Dickinson's or- a good ball player. Sam Lafferty is a good ball player. Max Domi brings a lot to this team and in, in, in the style. Athanasiu has skill and speed. Like, Clearly, Davidson has an eye for some talent here, but the, yeah, it's you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't tank and also yeah. get good identity pieces. Yeah. Like, what I, does I, Arizona I, I, have? Arizona's got nothing. That's how you tank. <laughs> you got to see Arizona up up close in person last week. Huh? They won that game too. Yeah. Oh no, they lost in overtime. Sorry, I've already forgotten. Wasn't um, and, and on top of the roster, it, it's Luke Richardson. Like I, I think Richardson. Um, uh, you know, they talk about this culture and, and, you know, just developing an identity. And um, yeah, I, I think regardless of even the results, it, it's, there's something there, you know, like, I, I think that he's, he's come in and the players have bought into what he, what he's selling. And he certainly, they look more structured, even if maybe the numbers don't always suggest that, um, you know, he's obviously working with less too. I mean, this team wasn't built to win. So it's uh, other coaches to benefit with, with better talent, but um, you know, just from his messaging, from what, you know, what do you hear from players? Just what do you see on ice? Like it, it's, if anything, Kyle Davidson, I mean, he, he was going to like, the goal was the tank, but it was the goal was to bring in a coach that they can build a culture around and have a coach that can potentially be here for when, when things get better. And, and um, by all signs, Luke Richardson seems to be, you know, he, he seems to be that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what's so complicated about this, right. Is, you're seeing everything you want to see from a bad team, right? You're seeing an identity being formed. You're seeing a coach's message being heard and and listened to. You're building a positive culture. You're bringing along the veterans who are more upbeat than probably even they expected to be. The young guys are really buying in. You got a young goalie who looks like a future superstar and Arvid Soderblom. Yeah, they need you, they need they need to get Soderblom back to go back to Rockford if yeah, they really yeah, want to. Richardson get basically said, but the, but the, you're seeing everything you want to see. All these positive signs. And it's really hard to interpret them as anything but negatives just because of what the stated goal of this season was. It's yeah. so complicated, even for us. Like, it's certainly more interesting to cover a team that's competitive and that's winning and surprising people and guys are playing well. Like, it's a better room and there's better stories to tell. But, you know, objectively, we look at this and like, this is potentially really bad for the franchise. And I don't know how you how you you square that circle, how you how you reconcile those two things, because this is everything you want to see from a struggling team is improvement in every facet in coaching and structure in, uh, in, in in talent, in an identity. And for this particular season, it's all really bad. It's, it's such a strange dichotomy that you're dealing with here. Yeah. And, and maybe over time, this all corrects itself. You know, I mean, yeah, I, they I could think... lose the next 14 games in a row and nobody's going to be stunned. <laughs> <laughs> um. One of the storylines early in seasons, it's it's got to be Taves. I mean, for him to have seven goals at this point, and um, you know, I, I wrote the other day about his shooting percentage was like twenty five percent, and how that's probably going to come down to earth. And the first comment was like, "How can you question Taves?" And you know, as long as he shoots <laughs> like this, but you know, last year he he was he was unlucky, and this year maybe a little bit lucky. But he he's obviously putting himself in situations. He's score. playing well. It's not just scoring. That's the thing is he's playing pretty well. Yeah, no, he he's got some. I mean, his possession numbers have taken a dip there, and. Um, among this team, it, it, he's got some of the better numbers. Like he's, he, they're actually driving play a bit. And you know, it, it's it's too bad that Tyler Johnson went down because he, he was playing really well, and that whole line was playing was was playing well. And Taves was was obviously a big part of that. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's, I'm sure. Yeah. He he's, he's been saying that he's living in the moment and he's tried not to reflect too much, but they have seven goals at this point where, I mean, I don't even know what point last year he had you know, 25 goals just to get his first, wasn't it? 26 games to get his first. Yeah, goal? it was, it was, I mean, five goals. It was like 43 games or something like that or whatever, six goals. So. Yeah, you know, people keep asking me about Taves, like other writers around the league and fans. It's like, I think people forget what he went through before last season. Yeah. Like he went almost an entire year with basically without working out, without skating, without one, you know, wondering if he'd ever play again. There were days he couldn't get off the couch. Of course he sucked to start last season. He was just getting his feet underneath him. And, you know, we watched him get better as the season went on. He was pretty decent in the second half of the season and to get a full off season of, 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 uh, you know, working out and skating and, and rest, he, you know, when I talked to him in at the end of July, early August, whatever it was, he was so upbeat about how he felt. And remember last year, every time he spoke, he was so like, you know, I'm just trying to get my energy back. He just was so downtrodden about how his body felt. And this summer he felt great. And, you know, this isn't unprecedented. Andre Kopitar just last year, who's a year older than, than Jonathan Taves. So last year he was the same age Taves was this year, had a renaissance season. He had one of his best year, years in, in, in memory and, you know, was a number one center again. There's really no reason that Jonathan Taves at 34 can't still be a really, really good hockey player. He won't be what he was in 2013. That's unreasonable to expect. But it's also not, we shouldn't be shocked that Jonathan Taves is playing well. He's not some like, you know, a decomposing mummy or something, just necrotic waste. He's a young man, still in the prime of his life, who's coming off finally being healthy. And, uh, you know, he's playing great and he's in a good headspace. He wasn't in any of that last year. And, you know, this attitude, this one game at a time attitude he keeps harping on, it's working for him. So who are we to criticize the cliche? I will say that I think the organization is slightly surprised that he's. he's oh, no doubt. Off. No doubt. I, Everyone I think, I, I think yeah. people are, and it's that. Yeah, I, I I don't know if they ex- yeah they didn't expect this, but I, I'm not sure what they thought of he could be going forward and whether he was the same fit Jonathan Taves or the same, you know, just the same. Um, yeah, the same speed and. Um, it's been interesting and, and maybe there's more of a workload management but he's taken maintenance days and maybe he's just being yep. smarter too if not um, you know like it's you don't need to push yourself and do every practice and you know like it's maybe understanding your body more when you yeah you, for you to play those type of minutes and play the role that he continues to play when I mean, he's still playing really you know I mean he's playing in all situations that um, yeah maybe just you gotta be smart with your body too but it, yeah it's been it's been fascinating i mean i mean if you're gonna talk about betting i mean for taves to have you know to be on the cusp of 10 goals almost already yeah i mean he's, he's clearly playing you know the, the, the production's gonna you know level off here and but you know in but, but chasing- i mean for him to be a 20 goal scorer i think i mean that's that's not unreasonable and that's i mean no. that's a huge achievement for him and that's know? what he always is he was always a 20 25 goal scorer for the most part he, you know tracy myers and i used to joke about when when she was traveling full-time years ago with me, it was the uh, the Tazometer, and you could tell how a game was going to go by Jonathan Taves' attitude in the locker room after a morning skate. When he was really upbeat or if he was goofing around on the ice, you knew the Blackhawks were going to win that day and he was going to have a big game. That's kind of how I felt when I talked to him this summer. He was so relaxed and happy and excited, like genuinely excited. I just had this hunch. I'm like, I think he's going to be better than people think. And I, I, in my head, I pictured, you know, 25 goals, 50 points, maybe being, you know, able to be get flipped to Colorado with the trade deadline to be their third line center for a playoff run. He's playing better than I thought, but I just had this hunch about him that, you know, he was so def- one of the, one of the defining characteristics 
characteristics of Taze over the years has been his defiance, right? I remember when they were down 3-1 to Detroit in 2013 playoffs, he was like, fuck you, we're winning this series. Like there was just this attitude about him. And he's kind of had that where he knows that everyone wrote him off and said he was washed. And I think he was really determined to have a big year this year and to prove everybody that, you know, he's still a viable commodity. And I don't know if he'll play beyond this year. I don't know if he'll get traded. I don't know if he'll resign here, if he'll retire what. But I think he really wanted to prove that he had something left in the tank. And I think he's really enjoying proving that so far. Yeah, it sounds like it's a group that enjoys each other. So I mean, obviously winning helps. And, you know, it's such a unique group that they have so many newcomers and so many, you know, like before you'd walk in and you're you're the newcomer and it was Keith and Seabrook and, you know, everyone down the line. And, you know, so many guys have been there for so long and you kind of had to fit yourself within that group. And now I think like, you know, there's Kane and Taves and they're and they're sort of looked at differently. But it's 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 largely a new group that's, you know, kind of been able to bond probably in a different way than 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 previous previously yeah they are having fun i mean you know, it, it, it's funny because when you hear kane and taves in particular talk about that they almost sound a little surprised yeah like yeah this is a good room we're having fun here it's been good i talked to kane the other um on wednesday after practice and i was talking to him for uh for uh big big shock here jonathan taves is going to be on the nhl 99 that we're working on down the road um and i was talking for that and then at the end i'm like i just threw him a couple of questions I'm like you know how are you how are you enjoying this he's like you know it's been really good and he you know how kane kind of has the same tone of voice whenever he talks it's kind of this monotone but you know he's a great quote but he doesn't put a lot of emotion he kind of went yeah you know it's been really good and it, there was a little almost sense of surprise in his voice like i think he was bracing to be miserable this year and he's not they're having fun they're competitive and they're scoring and they're doing all right yeah yeah, I mean, who, 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 I mean, you had a brace for it, right? Like everyone, everyone can say oh, they we all were. You, you and I spent all summer going, oh my God, how the hell are we going to cover this team when nobody's yeah. going to want to read about it? They're going to be awful. Yeah. Um, we put a call for some, we have quite some questions that we put a call for this morning uh, from Ryan Vessio. What's impressed you the most about the Hawks so far this season? Uh, the goaltending, I think might be it, right? I mean, there's a lot of impressive things, the structure and all that, the PK when it's, when it's clicking, but just the fact that Alex Stalock, who's played one game in two years, looks really good and really fun to watch, by the way. I've never seen a goalie who's like as adventurous as he is. And then for Soderblom to come in and just, he's been lights out just in three games. He has immediately established himself as the best Blackhawks goalie. And I know he's going back to Rockford, but you know, that's, you, you wrote about it the other day. Like that's, as encouraging as anything that's happened this season is like, Oh man, they might have the goalie of the future here. Yeah. For, I, I, I talked to Pete Aubrey before the season and I just been sitting on stuff, but for him to say that he's the, not that they have like amazing prospects that come through there, but they've, they've had initial goalies come through the system the last, however long Aubrey's been here, but for him to say that, you know, Soderblom's the best prospect that we've had and, and you know, like it, it it's telling and, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's looked the part. He's obviously big and, you know, like even Stalock said the other day, you know, just, to be that young and to be, you know, just to have those skills. And, um, you know, I, I've talked to Soderblom a handful of times now too. And he just, he seems like a kid that wants to learn. Like he talked about how he's trying to pick up from Staylock and he, you know, like the other day when he gave, um, when they lost to uh, the Islanders, like immediately he, he started, you know, he was able to go into detail about why he gave up one of those goals. And um, so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Like I, I, I don't think the Blackhawks want him up here and they want him back in Rockford and, um, and yeah, the tank is probably, uh, it would, it would 
do better if he is in Rockford. So, I, um, but we we might see him given Peter Morazic's history. We very well might see him again, though. I mean, Staylock's, you know, when he comes back from his concussion, should theoretically be okay. But man, when Morazic went down with the groin pull, I got messages from three or four, I can't remember three or four people from around the league, executives and 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 one former player, and they're like, "Yep." That's what happens. The phantom groin injury with Peter Morazic. He has a reputation around the league. And I don't know that's fair. I don't like to ever question the guy who's hurt. But that's his reputation around the league is that if he gets hurt, it's going to take a long time for him to come back because he's really wary about coming back and he doesn't play through pain and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, he's, he's had a long history of injuries and uh, soft, soft tissue issues like this. So um, it, it sounds like that he's actually the one that he wanted to come back even quicker. Like he told the Blackhawks that, you know, I've been through this before and this doesn't feel bad. And the Blackhawks are like, maybe we'll just, you know, let's just take a pause here. And um, so it sounds like the opposite from what Mrazic had said the other day, where he just he he knew that something was wrong, but it, it hadn't felt like before. And, and maybe something that has to do with I know that he he did some different training this summer to try to hopefully strengthen that area. And maybe. Yeah, maybe he doesn't it, want to be out all the time. No, he wants, for sure. Wants to, you know, but is he the number one goalie right now or is it Staylock when they both come back? Staylock was definitely more impressive than Mrazic early on. Yeah, I mean, Mrazic one only played, what, two games, three games? He got in a few, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, Staylock ended up playing like in six. So, um, yeah, it's because Daylock's looked very, very good. I know he's thirty-five and doesn't, but he's he's yeah. Mrazek's been in three games. He's got an eight seventy-three save percentage. It's not great. No, yeah, I I don't know. I I guess that'll be something that they. um, I guess I I wonder if they'd be willing. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter a little bit. Yeah. Um. All right. Question from uh, Jay. Uh, could the Blackhawks start the trade season fire sale early if the first month of better play hampers their attempt at a top pick? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I mean, the teams aren't really looking at this point. I mean, if they're really desperate, they may. But when, when you look at who the Blackhawks are going to trade um, and what they're going to want, I mean, this, this is stuff that kind of happens in February where people are more likely to start thinking about draft picks or trading. And um, you, you, you know, got to know you're a contender before you're willing to part. Yeah, with the first for sure. Pick. Yeah. And part of it's some of the cap space stuff. And um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't I, I, I think Kyle Davidson sort of has to, yeah, this is his bed, you know, like this is what he has to lie in regardless of how it plays out. But um, I, I, you know, if the Blackhawks aren't in the playoff mix, I think the challenging part was the Blackhawks were able to stay in the playoff mix and it became the trade the trade deadline because then then he's you can't really do anything you know Kane and Taves aren't going to want to abandon ship if they can uh, make the playoffs here so and you can't uh, add you can't go out there and add no, when you're no. looking at a five year <laughs> plan so you're just like all right I guess we're playing for a first round loss uh, from emergency QB uh, presuming uh, the full on tank does not go as planned and the Blackhawks finish out the first finish out of the first five picks. Do you see a scenario where Davidson utilizes picks and cap space to trade up into the top tier? I mean, he has to have a plan B, right? Yeah, I, I don't, I it just, it's, it's really hard to trade in the top five, you know, like the, this, this year, especially. Yeah. I mean, most teams, it's it just, it's, you could have two top 20 picks and it doesn't equate to a top five pick. I mean, those are the, the difference makers. Yeah. The, the Mitch Trubisky trade doesn't happen in the NHL draft. That's an NFL draft thing. Cause the later picks are so much more valuable. Like even if the Blackhawks, you know, they have like, you know, a three, three first round picks or whatever it is over the next couple of years four or whatever it is with the, after the Hagel trade, you know, nobody's going to trade you Adam Fantilli for four first round picks at this point. That's just not how the NHL works. Yeah. And it's uh yeah, from, by all accounts, I mean, it's, it's, 
the, the top four or five are, are pretty special. I mean, obviously, Bedard's Bedard, and but it's 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 someone told you, me I, what's, someone what's, told me the other day the forwards the whole the whole like the whole first round the forwards are just stacked. So I know the Blackhawks yeah. are going to heavy in on forwards. So well, it sounds a lot like the draft from a couple of years ago where you had Zegris go ninth and Boldy went eleventh, whatever it was. Like there were just so many good players that yeah. you know it might not be the end of the world if you don't get a top three pick, but. I th- what do you think is it, the it worst be, spot would, Things to be? would be easier for the Blackhawks if they had a top three. <laughs> would, would you rather be drafting second or third? Second, where you have to choose between Mitchkov and Fantilli, or third, where you might be left with only Mitchkov, who might not be here till 2025? I think you want to pick second, because I, I think Fantilli, I mean, Fantilli, Fantilli looks, looks awesome, like he's pretty special, way. too, and, and yeah. is a freshman in college. So I, I think, uh, you know, having a, a big center and someone to build around, like there's there's nothing wrong with that either. So, um yeah, Mitchkov, I mean, it's just it's it's difficult because there has to be a little bit more patience involved. So I think I want two and then, you know, like if Mitchkov blew up and you, and you thought he was a, the better player by far, then that would be a difficult conversation. But yeah, it's a tough it, call. I yeah. mean, the, the way people talk, I, I've never seen him play, obviously, but the way people talk about him, man, it's like imagine like you, you would have taken Alex Ovechkin if you had to wait three years, wouldn't you? You would have taken Malkin if you had to wait. Three yeah, Mitchkov's years. interesting because he's, he's he's a smaller player too. Like it, there's yeah. some, you know, like there there are a few questions. I mean, he's obviously really skilled and he's produced. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the way the Fantilli's come out is freshman season too. It's 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 helping solidify that if you take take Fantilli, it's probably not a massive risk. You know, like it's yeah. may come back and bite you, but maybe not. So, um. You went to uh, Rockford the other day. Yeah, uh, I went to Rockford. Yeah, Lucas, I went to... Lucas Reichel's a total bust. I read your <laughs> column. So what else did you see? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I most m- most of the times I've seen Reichel, he he's been impressive, and that was, um, I mean, it was, it was a ten thirty start. So like, it's there, maybe there's some of that, but he was, um, yeah, he just wasn't aggressive enough, and he wasn't great with the puck. And um, I'm I'm curious because I'm I. I I, I think that, I mean, there's probably some long conversations after that type of game. I think they play again on Friday or Saturday. I'm, I'm curious how he comes back. And, and a lot of things was stuff that he can control, just his effort and being more competitive away from the puck. And, um, you know, he, like he's still, you know, he's great at just entering the zone. And But it's it's almost like he's pulling up and looking for a play and he's putting himself in some tough situations. And and, and maybe it's it's more challenging now because they, they do have a uh, – I mean, there's a bunch of like 26, 27 year olds on that team. Like there's, there's some good, like, you know, AHL talent there. Um, so I don't know if he's deferring too much and, you know, uh, and just, uh, I mean, I think he's a better passer than shooter. At least I know that he kind of plays that strength. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see how he, um, you know, like some of this is he's 20 years old and, um, but yeah, I mean, Davidson and McIver and, and Greenberg and all these guys were there to watch, you know, and then there aren't a lot of prospects on the team. It's a lot of older guys. And then it's uh, it's Reichel and Josiah Slavin and Mike Harbin and, um, and then mostly the defenseman guys. So there's not a lot of players that they're probably there to just really keep in a close eye. And so I'm sure Reichel's performance stood out. So it's. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to benefit. I mean, they, I mean, this was the plan that, you know, if he's not ready for the NHL, put him, give him more time in Rockford. They don't need to uh, accelerate him. So um, probably that's the type of performance kind of that solidifies that too, just that they, um, you know, that they're not going to rush him and work, have him work through some of these, um, some of these issues. But I, I think some of this is just, it's in, in his control to be, um, and maybe them just to be, you know, uh, more focused on what they want him to do. And so I, I think that type of games, I'm sure they'll go over a lot, over a lot of video. Um, aside from that, yeah, I thought, I thought Velasic played pretty well. Like he, he's a pretty, he's just, you know, he's solid. He's, you know, he skates well. He's got size. He moves the puck. Um, I thought Isaac, Isaac Phil played well, pretty well again too. So 
Um, it's uh, yeah, like I mean, Cole Gutman's out now, and Tapley's out with an injury. So some of the other guys that um, that you probably want to you know talk about as prospects weren't there. So it was um, yeah, it was worth going. It was nice. To, it was uh, it's nice to be able to go there early in the morning and kind of <clears throat> yeah come back and not have to you know fight traffic or anything like that too. So it was uh, yeah, it was good to get out to Rockford. I haven't been out there for a little bit. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but we haven't had a podcast since our story on the Jenner and Block oh, yeah, report came sure. out. It's yeah. been one year since then. And obviously, you know, we wrote a very long, very detailed story. So that's on The Athletic. You can go read it. So we don't have to, to rehash too much of it. But, you know, what's your particularly from our we had like a 45 minute chat with uh, Jamie Faulkner and Danny Wirtz. What were your your key takeaways? I mean, are you buying it? Are you buying that they're trying to do their, their you know, this kind of change doesn't happen overnight, obviously. But are you buying that they that they're doing it and they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I, 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 I some of it's challenging, right? Like, like I, I thought like we, we talked about uh, the, you know, just the, some of the diversity and, and adding some of that. And I know that's been a, been a focus, but I, I think, you know, the, the fact that Blackhawks have laid off a lot of people, like some of, some of this is hard because you need to, um, yeah, like you need to hire people. And um, some of this is they're still running a business. I mean, yeah, it's not, like it's, it's, not, it's still a business. Um, I was impressed by a lot of the stuff they've done uh, more of the on ice. Um, and some of us, the Blackhawks didn't give us, you know, some of the full details. So I, I think that, you know, who they've worked with, with some of those third parties. And so I, I felt like we didn't have a full picture of what they've done. Um, I, I think they've implemented a lot of things since last year. And, and some of the stuff takes time. Um, I think they're saying a lot of things, you know, the fact that, you know, that you talked to Sheldon Kennedy and um, he seemed to be more optimistic than you. Than yeah, I, 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 I was really I mean, I, I, I believe from the start that that Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner had the, that they wanted to do good here. And but I was skeptical of that, that they were going to be able to accomplish much change. But then when I talked to Sheldon Kennedy, who is not shy about criticizing the NHL. Uh, and their teams, he sounded surprisingly upbeat to me. He was really like every, every bit of feedback we our team gets is that the Blackhawks are all in on this. They're they want to be leaders in this space, all that stuff. And you know, I know Kennedy's, you know, maybe now that he's working directly with the NHL, maybe he has to kind of, you know, round uh, round off some of the harder edges of what he says. But he sounded genuinely upbeat that the Blackhawks are doing what needs to be done and that this is a long process, but they're committed to doing it. And that was the interview of all the people we talked to. And we talked to a lot of people. That was the one that really made me think, all right, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they really are taking this seriously and are doing the right things. And that's, 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 that's all you can ask for at this point. You know, the, the current Blackhawks brass for the most part wasn't here in 2010. So the ones that are running things, um, you know, it's up to them to fix the mess. And so far, it's, you know, progress, it's baby steps. I, I came away impressed with, you know, talking to Kyle Davidson, AJ Sturgis too, where they, um, it, it felt like, you know, it, Davidson seems like he put a lot in a lot of time into kind of understanding, um, you know, things like microaggressions and understanding um, hockey culture and how to, you know, how to implement some stuff into that. AJ Sturgis was hired uh, as the mental skills coach prior to Davidson being a GM, but it's, um, you know, just the way that even in in the interview process where they, they made that a priority with Luke Richardson and whoever they're going to have that that this, you know, whomever has to be on board with the, these, you know, with AJ Sturris and his staff being um, embedded with the team, you know, and, and, you know, just from talking to Mackenzie Entwistle and, you know, you talk to Seth Jones and the, the players, the, the, those guys have become part of the team. And, and it's not like it's not some strange thing where the, you know, those, those guys are around talking about, you know, mental health and, um, and um, yeah, it just started just really in, in, interesting to talk to you about how they're 
um, you know, certainly they want to be there for when things are, are are wrong and there's conflict and, you know, like they maybe need someone to talk to, but also to, to celebrate the wins and how they also aren't tied to team success. And it, it felt like in the previous um, regime that a lot of those positions were tied to team success. And there was a goal that we want to make you a better player so that you can score more goals. And, um, and certainly, I mean, obviously with, with Jim Gary and what, what, you know, he's alleged to have done with, uh, with Kyle beach that um, yeah, there was, there were, there were some conflicts there and it, it's um, it feels like AJ Sturgis is coming in there and they've eliminated that and they've made it. Um, yeah. It's, it's more of a separate identity, but also within the team in the same way where the, at least they're around. So, it's, it's really interesting when you talk to players, like the older players are kind of like, yeah, whatever, that stuff's fine. And then you talk to a guy like Seth Jones, who's in his late 20s, but he's like, you know, I'm really learning about this. And I'm, I'm interested in, I think it's a good thing. And then you talk to like a young guy, like a Mackenzie Entwist or someone in their early 20s, like, yeah, this is, a, of course, this is how it is. This is, you know, we talk about our feelings. It's like, yeah. it's, it, it's interesting to see how quickly that dynamic has changed from 15 years ago to five years ago to now, like the, the guys that are coming in league now, I, I talked to Todd McClellan about this, the, the, the Kings coach yesterday, when I was asking about, you know, coming into the league from an assistant to a head coach, he did it 16 years ago. And he's like, the, the new generation of players are totally different than the players that came in, you know, just 15 years ago, the, the whole dynamic changes. And that's something a coach and a team really has to adapt to is, you know, young players now expect a lot more, frankly, than, you know, players of just another generation ago did where you have to provide them more and they expect more and they want a welcoming safe space and they don't want, you know, hazing and, and, you know, you know, callousness and some of that stuff. Like they, they, they don't just want it. They expect it. And that's something that I think the whole league is adapting to still. I, I think in some ways the Blackhawks needed some of their, um, yeah, they, they needed some fresh players in there too. Like it, it felt like, um, some of the culture that was created obviously was under John McDonough, but it was, there was a lot of veterans in that room and it's, it was kind of the same group all the time. And it was just, um, so I, I don't know. It feels like the evolution of the Blackhawks too, is just, just, there's so many new faces in there and just so many people that maybe aren't tied to that past. I mean, I, um, you know, we, we, we asked, and, and one of the more interesting answers from, from Danny Wirtz was when we asked him about, um, the Blackhawks connection to that 2000 cup team and how, how the organization feels about it, where they, they certainly took a step back from those players. And um, you know, like they, they postponed hosts day and um, you know, they, 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 yeah, they did a lot of things where you didn't see a lot of those players around. And now they've, they've certainly embraced again, where they, they retire and host this Jersey and you have Brian Campbell and um, yeah, Patrick Sharp and you, you have people on the payroll. So, um, and, and when, when we had asked them and, and Danny words, he, he waited. It, it took, it took some time yeah, for he, him to he, find. He really he had to, to think about that one. Yeah. Cause uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's something you have to factor in with all this stuff. Right. I mean, Brian Campbell's like, he's a very high up person in this team now. And he was on that team, Marion Hosa going into the rafters. Jonathan Taves is still your captain. Patrick Kane is still your biggest selling uh, point. There's a, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. And uh, you know, I know fans are sick of us talking about this. There's a big segment of the fans that want us all to move on and, but it, it's going to linger. And there's a portion of the fan base that is still looking for a response to bring them back. Yeah. And I, it's not insignificant amount of people. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's important. And I, at this point, I don't even care what, you know, like it's, it's something that has to be, someone has to hold them accountable for. And, and yep. I know, I know like the first comment on the story is like, Oh, you know, what do the media know? And, and, and I mean, I, I, one, I, I, I don't think I still, I mean, we, we had asked Kyle Beach and his lawyer about, what media knew about this and i i don't get a sense it was traditional media because i don't see no, anyone not sitting, in the rooms for that no one's no, sitting we, on we this don't, story like we 
Yeah, uh, this is a career. I, I don't. I, I you can't win by getting defensive on Twitter. I get that, but this is this would have been a career making story. Nobody's sitting on this story. Yeah, no. And it's, frankly, none of I, I and not that it justifies it, but none of I, I wrote a book about the team, so I wish I had come up with something. Sure, but none of us that are currently covering the team were covering the team back then, so I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and the, and, and, it just, it just, and it just, the people it just, that were would not have sat on this story by any yeah. stretch. Yeah, I, I think right. I mean, it, it goes to the logo too. I mean, the logos. The debate's never going away. I it, I brought it up the other day when they had a Native American Heritage Night, Heritage Night, and it's you know it's, it was as extensive as I've seen it. Uh, but this doesn't change any of the other stuff. Like this stuff should be done in addition to the logo. You know, like it. Um, the, so, the real question is, if they do change the logo, they still have to do this stuff. Oh yeah, this is all they this have to important. keep doing this stuff, even if they do. Yeah, change that's it. where that's where there'd be. I think a lot of respect would be that you know that yeah um so yeah it's um but yeah i mean they're, they're doing a lot of the right things it's all it's all good to see there are there are more steps to take and there are bigger steps to take that are going to be difficult yeah but the, the they they really do seem to be heading in the right direction after a, a really really dark season yeah um the, the one person we didn't get talked to was was rocky words and and, yeah. and we had put in a request you know three or four weeks out and didn't really get an answer until a day or two before um I don't I don't think he's going to talk any. I, I think I think Danny Wirtz and, and Jamie Faulkner are, are going to be uh, the public voice of this team. I, I you know, he gave us we gave him very specific questions and he gave us a very, uh, very basic answer. And I guess it's uh, yeah, I guess it is what it is. But it's um, I mean, he you know, I, I, I one of us asked, uh, I think Danny is like, you know, how how involved is Rocky? Or is he just signing the checks? And 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 he basically said, signing the checks is a big deal. There's a major investment in doing the things we're doing. And that's not untrue. But it, I do think that Rocky over the last year or so has, he, he was never like a meddling owner, but he was always involved. Like John McDonough kept him abreast of everything and all that. I feel like he's clearly taken a step back and, and, and Danny and Jamie have really taken over the franchise. Yeah. And, and if he wasn't aware of that, I, I think because if he doesn't have if that town hall doesn't happen as is the <clears throat> the Blackhawks were not that they were in the clear, but people were ready to move on, you know, yeah, like yeah. It, it changed. It changed the whole. It was such a self-inflicted wound. Yeah. Um, but um, so, yeah, we uh, I don't know what they're what they're on the road coming. You're, you're going to California next week. I am looking forward yeah. to it. Uh, a lot of long flights this year. I started with, you know, coming back from San Jose and then uh, Arizona, Arizona and now LA. These are a lot of long flights. Yeah. Um, and then uh, host of book comes out next Tuesday. I, uh, I, 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 I finished reading it about a week or so ago. It's really good. And I'm not just saying that because Scott's my friend and I'm obligated to, you should read it. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I didn't know in there. And I mean, I've been around Marion Hosa a lot and I didn't know a lot of this stuff. So it's, it's, you'll, you'll really enjoy it. Okay, thank you. Um, and then major, they should have made your name clearer on the cover, though. I stand uh, by that. Okay. <laughs> it's it is what it is. But, um, it's um, <laughs> it's fine. It's but uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I, I think we're gonna try to have host on here at some point here in the near future, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll be back at it this next next week at some point. So, but just one game, and then they got a bunch of time off again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's this weird schedule where it's bunched and then nothing and then bunched and then nothing again. Yeah. So, anyways, we will uh, we will be back next week for Mark Lazarus. I'm Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus Powers. See ya.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.